Okay, so here's what I have today. I have Champions League football. I have NFL football, and I have some NBA. So we're gonna. I'm gonna give you a snapshot of what's ha- what happened the last two days in the UCL, and we're gonna do a little recap of what happened in Week 12 of the NFL, and then what we're looking forward to in week 13 and and then I'll kind of catch you up to where we're at in in the NBA we are a month in pretty much or a little bit over a month um, but the first big month the first full month of the NBA um, will be done tomorrow so I want to kind of get us up to speed where we're at heading into December and um stories to look for and you know because maybe you just been all about the nfl right now and you kind of have no idea what's going on at the nba so i'm gonna catch you up and we'll go from there so enjoy the pod All right, welcome to the Arrows Up podcast. This is German coming to you on this Wednesday afternoon, and we just finished watching two days of Champions League football. We it was back. We were on a hi- on a hiatus, and then it came back yesterday. And Champions League football, I think it's it's. Not even arguably, it's it's. I don't think there's really an argument, but I guess just we'll just say it for argument's sake. Arguably, the best tournament in sports, um, just because I think it's the, the at the highest level, the best competition. And obviously, you know, if you don't watch it, and you're you're like, oh, well, the NFL playoffs and the NBA playoffs and all these things, the Champions League is is the best tournament in football it's the best tournament in the world and it's better than the world cup in terms of class and in terms of skill and and you get the best teams and all of that Uh, the world cup is probably a tad more global just because you get you know countries like the u.s where you get all the casuals to to watch but um the champions league is uh is as global as it gets so this is where we're at. Yesterday, and yesterday we had we had a full slate of games. Um, the first thing we need to see, um, the first thing I want to look at is Dortmund. Dortmund played uh, yesterday at Milan. They're going to um, the San Isidio, and they put it on Milan. Dortmund just looked like the crisper team they looked better they were moving better and milan just you know milan is is a lot like manchester united they have rich histories and and when you're thinking of the teams with the best histories it's you know it's real madrid one and after that it's yeah obviously everyone will throw their their clubs and and all of that but it's really hard to argue against the Manchester City crowd, the Manchester United crowd, and the and the Milan crowd. 
you know, Manchester City has recent good history, but when you think of the totality of of a club, Milan, you know, you got you know, you got Milan, you get Barcelona, um, you get, you know, Inter had a good Inter Milan had, had really good, Juventus, uh, Man U, and you know, all of all of these teams, Liverpool, all of these teams are able to kind of jump into this this pool. But Milan and United, man, they they have been just giants of the sport. Just they will forever be a giant club. Maybe not on the field, but for sure in terms of just just they have so many fans that that it's just generation after generation of fans. And they had a chance heading into yesterday's game. To really do a number on on the, in the group, they're in Group F, and they're with Dortmund, PSG, Newcastle, and they had a, and they had an opportunity, you know, had they tied to get to six points, had they tied, and and it could, you know, just depending on what would have happened in the Newcastle PSG game, they would have been in really in 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 a fairly good position now. What ended up happening with PSG Newcastle is that they tied. So had they been able to win at home, defend their home field, they would have been third place right now, and they would have been in really good position heading into the last the, the, the last game. Now they lose. They're five points. Their goal difference is negative four, and they're last in the group. Chances are they're going to not even make it to the Europa League Cup as the third place team usually does or does not usually they do and it's just 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 a flop another Milan flop AC Milan flop and Dortmund got went in there three goals and they just took care of business on the road and you know they're gonna win the they already advanced and they're gonna win they're probably gonna win the group um so that's the first thing. That's the first thing I wanted to look at. Uh, the second thing, the second game I wanted to w- wanted to highlight, Atletico Madrid, and we all remember their their disastrous performance in the in the group in the Champions League last year. And what we had this season was, you know, that we were kind of thinking like, man, like what's going on over there? Is has El Cholo lost it? Their, their manager has he lost his fire has he been there too long and you know they, they kind of were were they were before yesterday's win they were you know two they won two they drew two games they they were at eight points and you were just kind of like man like oh what's up with these guys man and they go into Fe- Feyenoord the the club of of my guy Santi and Atletico won. Atletico did win, but it, it just—it's so weird because they had two own goals. Feyenoord scored twice on themselves in the 14th minute. Um, Gertruida, their their defender, their left back, own goal—just like the weirdest own goal you would ever see. Like he just kind of got in the way, and the ball like hit off his chest, and I just. I haven't seen a worst own goal in a while, man. 
And so that so 14th minute, you're down 1-0. And we all know Atletico Madrid's uh, game plan. They go up, they get the goal, and it, they just kind of put the clamps on you. The 57th minute, they get a goal. Mario Hermoso scores a goal, 2-0, and it was just kind of, okay, well, this is it. You're not, I mean, you, you need a special team to score multiple goals. Now, Feyenoord, the, 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 the thing I'm, I, I failed to mention, Feyenoord needed the game. They needed the game because without it, they were eliminated. So they had every reason to go for it and, and win. Now, in that group, they are in Group E, Atletico Madrid, 11, 11, uh, they, they have 11 points. Lazio, they have 10 points. And Lazio, they those guys uh, took care of business 2-0 versus Celtic um, yesterday as well. And, and then in the last, you know, towards the end of the game, it's kind of decided like you know this is it it's over Atletico Madrid and then my boy Mexico's golden boy Santiago Jimenez with an own goal off the it was you know it, it, was, it was a free kick gets hit and and he tries to kind of hit it away and, and hit it off you know so that he can um, go over the, the bar the crossbar the goal and it goes in 3-1, Atletico, they take control of the group, their first place. Um, now it's going to be a battle between them and and Lazio to see who, who comes out first in the group. And they play um, the 13th of December. So that should be good. That should be fun in um, in Atletico Madrid's uh, stadium. So um, that's two. The second game I wanted to look at. The third game... PSG Newcastle, which was such an exciting game. Newcastle had that game. It, it was one of those things that Newcastle took advantage of, of uh, the opportunity that they had. And Alexander Isak scored his goal in the 24th minute. And PSG had all these opportunities. They were creating. They were, they were. They were just you know all these fancy things, and they get just the dumbest penalty. It wasn't a penalty. I was getting flashbacks to the World Cup when Messi got his penalty, and Mbappe just drills it one-one. It ends. Uh, it ends. Uh, it ends in a draw, and PSG is in really good position to to advance to uh, to the knockout stages. Newcastle has to win. Yeah, so the way this is going to work out, Newcastle has to win. They have to beat Milan, and Newcastle will be at home, which uh, should be. Uh, doable task and they are going to need help because PSG needs to lose for these guys to to advance and and Dortmund plays PSG so that Dortmund PSG is going to be a good one December 13th as well uh, so it's good so we'll see we'll see how that one turns out but um, that's really just a battle for for the first place who takes first place in in that group um other action from yesterday man city kind of just you know walked around for a large part of the game our beliefs uh takes by halftime they were up 2-0 and you're kind of like thinking man rb lipsig these guys are going to go into man city and 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 
and beat them. And Man City just had like 18 straight wins or some 28 straight wins, something like something crazy like that. Um, in Champions League, uh, in home games in the Champions League, so they had it. They, they don't lose there. So, and you just think, oh, maybe this is it. Man City's already in. They're in. You know, kind of Man City just. You never want to say that a team does, isn't taking it seriously, but they weren't. This wasn't Manchester City, you know, if you know what I mean. But in the second half, it just, they turned it on. They scored three in the second. They went 3-2. Man City just, they, those guys are they're a machine. I hate it. Um, but they, they take care of business, and uh, they'll be, they're, they're, they're waiting to see who they play in the knockout stages. Now, for the action for today. Today we had, uh, we're starting with, uh, I guess we have to start Manchester United, my beloved Manchester United. Um, the, you know, I, this team brings me so much, so much uh, pain, <laughs> so much frustration. Manchester City, they st- Manchester United, they start off, they start off hot, you know, it, it was a game that, the you know first eighteenth minutes, two goals, boom, and you're like, man, here we go. Um, Garnacho had a good had a good goal. Bruno had a screamer in the eighteenth minute, and so this, but this was a game that you're like, man, this is it, man. This is what we're doing. We're gonna come out here and we're gonna beat this team. And it turned out to be not that way. Onana. You know, Tiruno Nara, and he just had two awful mistakes at goal. Then it was 2-2. And then McTominay comes back. He scores it. He scores the third. You're like, okay, the 55th minute. And you just, you know, you knew you're going to need, you needed more. But you just think, okay, can we just hold this league, man? Can we just hold it? Can we score another one? No, of course, of course we couldn't. In the 71st minute, um, Galatasaray tied it 3-3 and this is where we're at Manchester United heading into now before I give you what needs to happen now in this in in the 12 o'clock games this is where you had Bayern Copenhagen because and this is important because this was these are two teams these all these teams group A Bayern Munich Copenhagen Galatasaray and Manchester United on the same group, Group A. Bayern played Copenhagen. And we're thinking, okay, well, Bayern's going to take care of Copenhagen. They're going to beat Copenhagen because it's Bayern. And Bayern is at home. And Bayern doesn't lose at home. And guess what happened? They had a snoozer of a game. 0-0. And now match day six is going to be wild. This is why. Bayern's in. They're, they're you know, they're, they're going. They're, they're advancing to... Uh, the knockout stage. But you get Copenhagen, five points. Galatasaray with five points. And Manchester United with four points. Heading into this game, we were of the thought, this was the thought process, because everybody was assuming Bayern's going to get three points. They're going to beat Copenhagen. And Manchester United's going to have to beat Bayern. Copenhagen and Copenhagen and Galatasaray is going to have to tie for Manchester United to advance. Now all that still needs to happen, but 
Manchester United, you know, and all that needs to happen. Manchester United has to have, they have to, they have to be Bayern. Now, do I believe they're going to be Bayern? Absolutely not. I have zero confidence in Tag, Ten Hag. I have zero confidence in this Manchester United team. Now, when we play them again, when we play Manchester, when we play Bayern, am I going to go in there thinking we're going to win? Yeah, probably. Tuesday, December 12th. I'm going to wake up and I'm probably going to be very delusional and say, yeah, I think we can beat this team because it's European nights and anything can happen. Now, Manchester United, they have to beat Bayern. They have to. 1-0, 2-0, doesn't matter. They have to beat them. Now, if Manchester United beats them, that gets them to or gets us to seven points. Seven points. Copenhagen and Galatasaray have to tie. 0 whatever. We need a tie. We need both of these teams to draw. Now, what's working in Manchester United's favor is that both Copenhagen and Galatasaray, well, they need a win. So there needs to be a winner. And that may lead to a lot of goals. And typically this leads to a draw. Manchester United need to win. They have to win. And Copenhagen and Galatasaray have to tie in United advances. Manchester United used to be a proper club, and they used to be. Trust me. Believe me. Watch the Beckham documentary. Manchester United was a real big club back in the day. Um, second, second game to look at today, uh, Sevilla PSV. Uh, Sevilla um, choked this game away, man. And Sevilla's out of the Champions League. They choke it away. They go up 2-0. And Sevilla is is as tough as a team to beat as they get, man. You you don't beat Sevilla. You, you just don't. At, at home, at home. And they go up 2-0. And it was an exciting game, you know. The, but Sevilla and PSV was just exciting. Um, and then PSV. So in the six, so, so let me set the stage. Sergio Ramos, el capitán, twenty fourth minute, gets a goal. Boom. Forty seventh minute, Sevilla scores again. Yusef scores. Boom. Two zero. You think okay, this is it. it's a wrap. PSV. Now in the sixty six minute, sixty six minute, Lucas Ocampos gets a red card. Boom, and you're like, oh. But you're like, yeah, 66 minute. I mean, this is, you know, a little bit less than half an hour to go. I mean, I mean, you know, this is, uh, this is something that, you know, they should, uh, they should be able to hold this. They should, because, I mean, they should, you know what I mean? And, he they, they're left with ten men, and two minutes later, Ismail Sa- Saibari scores for PSV, two one, and you're like, mm, okay, all right. Eighty first minute, own goal, Sevilla, boom, two two, and now you're like, what the hell is going on? In stoppage time, two minutes into stoppage time. And we don't know what stoppage time means. It's in soccer, you in football, soccer, you play up to ninety minute, 
and the referee would usually add time to, to compensate for whatever time was lost, bottom bounds, injuries, substitutions, goal celebrations, and whatnot. And they add like eight minutes to this game. And two minutes into that stoppage time, Pepe scores for PSV 3-2. And you're like, what? PSV's going to come all the way back. And then at, yeah, at the end, Fernando gets a red card. And Sevilla ends with nine men. And they are out of the Champions League because they needed to win that. Sevilla came into this game with two points. And they're leaving this match, fifth match day. Exactly that, two points. Three points would have given them five. They would have been tied with Lens. And they would have been tied with PSV because PSV would have had five. And it just would have been just a, a crazy scenario. Arsenal took care of business. They had four goals in 14 minutes versus Lens. Uh, they're at top of the, the 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 group. They're gonna make it. And uh, yeah, so that's that's Group V for you. Um, and Real Madrid took care of business. Belly goal strikes again. Rodrigo with a beautiful goal. Um, and Real Madrid wins 4-2. Um, and they're going to win win their win the group. Union Berlin, um, they, they were the the feel-good story from the Bundesliga. Um, they tied versus Braga 1-1. And Arsenal again took their business 6-0. Uh, Benfica Inter had a, had a really good game. Uh, that one turned out 3-3 uh, at the end. And uh, so that's where we're at. We have uh, Champions League football in two weeks, and uh, we'll see where we're at then. But th- that's 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 where we stand right now. Um, now, who are the favorites? The favorites to to win the Champions League. Um, I'm gonna give you so so a different different list. You know, the different categories for you. Um, the long shots. The long shots to win this Barcelona. Um, they have, they're a long shot. They have, um, they have a good team, decent team. Um, they just, you know, but they just the, the 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 consistency and the heights that you have to get to make it to the final. Um, Barcelona doesn't have that, uh, so they're one long shot. PSG, uh, we've seen Mbappe do incredible things for France. I think uh, he is poised to to get on a good run with PSG, and you know this might is probably his last season there. Um, so they're a long shot just because of Mbappe. That's like an Mbappe um, <laughs> vote more so than anything else. Um, and that's it. I got two for you. I'm trying to be as realistic as possible. Now. Who has a realistic chance of winning the Champions League? And in this group, I have two teams. I have Bayern, three teams, sorry, three teams. Bayern, Arsenal, Real Madrid. And I have these three teams because Bayern, they're a machine. And I think, you know, when they're clicking on all cylinders... Bayern is as tough to beat as anybody in football. So I 
you got to give them the benefit of the doubt. Bayern, uh, just, just they, this is what they do. Arsenal is playing incredible. And that team is just, you know, rolling and clicking. Uh, or, or Arteta has them just playing beautiful football. And Real Madrid has all these young stars, all these young guys. And they're going to get healthy at the right moment uh, to really be at the highest level. Um, so, and the favorite, the favorite is Manchester City because Manchester City has the best team. Manchester City is playing, uh, just they, they, they're able to rise to level. And they just have so many good players on that roster. So, you City, and they're the defending champions. So, they are the favorites in my book because of because uh, the team, the coach, and the pedigree that they now have after winning last season. Let's do some. Let's do some NBA. Um, actually, let's do some NFL. Let's do some NFL. Then I'll end the pod with with the NBA. NFL Week Twelve. We had Week Twelve. Um, Last week, and it felt kind of like a long, really long week 12 because week 12 started on Thursday, like most do, but then you had Thanksgiving, and because of Thanksgiving week, most people had a bunch of time off. So we had games all throughout Thanksgiving. Packers surprised the Lions. Uh, Jordan Love might be turning the corner. Um, and the Lions defense really, really sucks, huh? And Jared Goff. Um, it's kind of looking like Rams, Jared Goff. Um, I'm going to monitor that because the Lions, they, they're they 8-3, and three, and I get it. Feel good story, Dan Campbell, the whole thing. Um, but they can't stop anybody. Um, and, yeah, you can throw on them. That was the, the thing that popped out to me uh, watching them on Thursday. You could really throw on them. And I knew that, but it's just... Yeah, man. You could really throw on those guys. Cowboys, they beat the Commanders. Uh, the Cowboys just beat up on bad teams. Stack is playing good, but is he playing good because he's, like, good? Or is he playing good because he's playing bad teams? I think it's uh, a little bit of both. So, um I'm a 49er fan, so I'm not drinking the Cowboy Kool-Aid. Now it'd be great if they beat the Eagles next week. Uh, but let's get to next week first, huh? But the Cowboys. They're rolling. 45-10. Uh, they beat the Commanders. My beloved Niners, they took our business versus the Seahawks. Um, and I just, I was so excited to see them eat on, on their field because it just felt good. It's nine years in the making. It felt good, um, but I won't give you a whole thing on the Niners. I did that on Sunday's pod with uh, with David. Check that out. Um, another thing, um, the, the the Dolphins. Now, the Dolphins are such a weird team to, to judge because they have they are really good. They have they have a good roster, right? Um, we all like their coach. I think most people like their coach. Um, McDaniel, right? Mike McDaniel. Now, I feel about them kind of 
how I feel about the Baltimore Ravens. Um, and I feel about them the same way because now for different reasons. The Baltimore Ravens, they're good. And right now, you know, they're playing really good football. They are leading the division. They're 9-3. Um, yeah, the Ravens, the Ravens are good. But you kind of get to feel the Ravens. And I think the reason why, you know, when you talk about, when people talk about the AFC and who's coming out of the AFC, the boring, you know, it's becoming kind of like what what it was with Brady in the Pats. And you're just like, well, Brady, you know, Pats. You know, that's what we're going with. That's who I think is coming out. And that's becoming with Mahomes and, and the Chiefs. That you're like, oh, who's coming out of the OC? Oh, Mahomes. <laughs> now, with the Ravens, it's because they, you just don't trust Le- 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 LeBron. <laughs> you don't trust Lamar. We haven't seen Lamar do it. And even though the Ravens won on Sunday, they beat the, they beat the, the dumb Chargers. You kind of just get the, like, I don't know if they're going to, like, be able to do this in January. Is Lamar going to be able to do this in January? And and most people don't believe it. We kind of have to see it. I have to see it. And with the Dolphins, it's similar to that. But instead of whether you think Tua could do it, it's more so, is this team built for January? You know, like, this team is exciting as they come. And you know they they got this motion and speed and you know it just it just looks crazy. But whenever I think of the Dolphins, I think of the the the, the Cardinals coach who you know, he's talking to a player before when he gets hired, he's just like, yeah, I just want you to go woo 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 woo. And that's what I think of the Dolphins. I think this is just a team that runs really fast. They get open, but are they? Do they have the callus? The 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 physical. Um, identity to to win in January. I don't know. We haven't seen it. I don't know. You know, but so it, it just. I like the Dolphins. I like you know the, the, they're the Forty Nine ers South. You know, of the of, of Florida of, of the South of the AFC. They're eight and three. They're probably gonna win that division because, you know, the the Bills are just can't get out of their own way, and I don't think the Dolphins are gonna drop uh, enough games where the where the Bills can catch them. But we'll see. You know, they're gonna get a playoff game, a home playoff game, and maybe that's what they need to to get all the way to the championship game. So we'll see. But I don't know. Uh, I'm not sold on the Dolphins because I just. You know, this is a team that's really nice, you know, but are they built for um, January? I don't know. I don't know. Now, other stuff that happened on Sunday, week 12, other stuff to highlight. Um, the Brown, the Broncos are back, right? Uh, <laughs> Russell Wilson, he's back. These guys have won six straight. The Broncos look good. Um, so we'll see. I mean, we'll see what happens with that team. We'll see if they, do they keep Russell Wilson. 
I don't know. I mean, Russell Wilson is still not Russell Wilson. You know, he's playing better, but he's not like Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson. You know, he's not Seattle Russell Wilson. And that guy's probably long gone. That guy's probably never going to be that guy again. Um, the Broncos have definitely turned it around. Uh, the Bills and the Eagles game. That was that was undoubtedly the game of the week. Um, the Bills should have won. Gabe Davis. Come on, man. And, yeah. So, I mean, the Eagles won. The Eagles did their thing, 10-1. and one. The scary thing about the Eagles is that they have yet to play a good, a good game. They have yet to do it. They have yet to do it, man. And I, 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 I'm on some text chains on, you know, group messages and stuff like that. And I have some Eagle fans in my life. And I, I was telling... I tell my friends, like, dude, like, I the Eagles have yet to play a good game from beginning to end. Yet they're ten and one, and that's what's scary because it's not like we can say they're peaking too early. They haven't peaked, and yet they win. So we'll see. <laughs> we'll see what that means. Maybe they start getting even better. Uh, but they, you know, they they win. That's what they do. The Chiefs took care of the Raiders, and um, I'm not talking about Monday night. Monday night sucked. That was a terrible Monday night game. Uh, Bears win. That's it. Week 13. This is where we're at. This is what we have going tomorrow. Seattle plays the Cowboys. The Cowboys have a chance to prove that they just don't beat up on really, really bad teams by beating a mediocre Seahawks team. The Seahawks are not awful but they are not great they are average they are an average football team can the cowboys beat an average football team that's what we'll find out tomorrow with the seahawks so we'll see what what happens there does ken what the kenneth walker play um you know dk you know i'm guessing will there'll be a dk siding hopefully for the seahawks on Thursday, he was nowhere to be seen on Thanksgiving, so um, maybe he shows up the week after Thanksgiving. Um, another, other games to look for on Sunday, we have Broncos-Texans. That's a, all of a sudden an exciting game. Uh, we have my guy CJ Stroud, uh, England Empire's own, Inland Empire's owned, own, 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 um, so that one should be good. The Texans are hosting. The Broncos have won six straight. The Texans are in a battle for that division. Both teams are six and five. And the Texans are third place. Well, they're tied for second with the Colts. And they, they need the game. They, they they need to win the game because they gotta they gotta keep pace. Now the Broncos, on the other hand, well, those guys actually do themselves need the game because Wild card implications. They're not going to win the division, but they are in the six and five zone where it's like a bunch of teams in that zone for the the, the final wild card spot. So that one should be a good one. Uh, I look forward to watching that one. Broncos Texans, and then we have um, Eagles Niners, and that one should be good just from the standpoint that it's Eagles Niners. That's it. Revan, you know, rematch of the la of last year's NFC Championship game. 
both of these teams have going have gone back and forth talking a bunch of crap back and forth and i'm excited to watch it now the thing to watch in this game and and, and the one thing that that i kind of i'm looking for is can the niners run on the eagles are they able to push that make enough room for McCaffrey to, to run because last year one of the things that I noticed watching the NFC Championship game um, was McCaffrey was was able to do good stuff versus the Eagles you know like he, he just was his speed was too much and one of the things about the Eagles the Eagles are low-key a slow team their, their linebackers are slow so I wonder if the Niners are going to use, well, uh, yes, the dud, they're going to use McCaffrey. But I, you know, keep an eye on the, like, the wheel, wheel, I can't even say it, the, um, just the screens, the screens for McCaffrey. Um, because that's, that's, that's how you beat this Eagles team. You, you got to expose the, the, how slow they are. And, you know, Debo and, and Ayuk, they're going to have to, prove that what they said about the Eagles secondary is true on the other side the Eagles are they able to keep the Niner defense on the field because the one way I think you you beat the Niner team is by keeping them on the field it's what Minnesota did and you kind of tie them out it's what um, the Browns did and and you kind of tire them out you get them frustrated because that it's it's kind of what can work against you because to go methodically down the field versus the Niners, it's tough because they're really good and eventually they're going to get to you. Now, it's also how you break them because it's how they get frustrated. They do dumb, they make dumb mistakes. They, they get dumb flags and all of a sudden um, you're scoring on them. Also, you run the risk that, you know, they're going to get to you and the whole thing. Now, when the Niners are getting you off the field, sack, turnover, uh, quick three and out they just get stronger and they get more confident and i'm gonna see how the eagles are able to have you know manage those possessions um so super excited for that one that one should have been the sunday night game and then chiefs packers that one should be good uh we have um the chiefs are you know kind of like the eagles they have yet to play like an awesome game um the packers seem to be playing better and Jordan Love seems to be playing better this is at Lambeau um, you know so it just can the Packers run the football that's the key run the football or screens or something it's really hard to run the Chiefs but they kind of have to find a way to establish the run because the way to get to that secondary. And I think that's going to be the key to beating the Chiefs. The key to beating the Chiefs is the team that's able to run on them. Because if you're able to run on them, you begin to crush the the offensive, the defensive line. And you push everything up. And now you open up everything on top. So, are the Packers able to do that? I don't know. I don't know if Aaron Jones will be back by then. He might still need more time. Uh, but that's the Sunday night game. Monday night game. Bengals-Jaguars. Um, this was a good game four weeks ago <laughs> when uh, Joe Burr was uh, Joe Burrow. Joe Burr was still uh, healthy, you know. Now he's not healthy anymore. 
he's out for the season. Um, my guy, Trevor Lawrence, he's playing really good football ever since the Niners beat down. He's been better. Um, the Jaguars should win that game because they a need it, b they they don't have Joe Burrow. Now the Bengals do. What was shocking about last week's game that the Bengals had um, was not so much that they lost because they don't have Joe Burrow. It was just their defense just didn't look as as good. You know, like it wasn't as crisp. It's also shocking versus the Ravens. Like their defense just kind of looked like whatever. And maybe you know this is where they they look better. Maybe they look better playing against uh, the Jaguars on Monday night um, but that's week 13 that's where we're at let's look for um, we are in kind of the last go around of the week of the NFL so it's just super exciting to be in this uh, stage of of football um, I kind of want to see how this whole MVP talk gets um, because I'll be honest with you, I think the only MVP talk that matters in sports right now is the NBA one, and I think it's because in the in the MLB, first of all, the fact that Otani and Trout, and I love Mike Trout, you probably won't find a bigger Mike Trout fan than than me. Um. But it's just hard to, to, to love that award or be excited about the award when, you know, the guys that are winning it are dudes that play for, like, crappy teams. Um, shout out to Ronald Acuna, who had a wonderful year, and he's not on a crappy team. But that's me. And, you know, baseball is not as popular, um, too. In the NFL, this award is pretty much the quarterback award. That's what they should rename it. They should rename this the best quarterback award. That, that's what this should be. And the offensive player, they, or the best play, and then they should have a category for MVP. Because this is ridiculous. You know, the MVP talk comes on, and you kind of just throw these quarterbacks. Mahomes, um, Jalen Hurts. For a while, it's like, oh, C.J. Stroud has entered the MVP conversation. Uh, right now, people are excited about Dak. And it's like, okay, but like, what about Tyreek Hill, man? Tyreek Hill is having a ridiculous season. A ridiculous season. Why couldn't he? Why isn't he in the MVP conversation? The Dolphins are like super dependent on that dude. He should be in the MVP conversation. Christian McCaffrey, my guy, he should be in the MVP conversation because the Niners rely on him a lot. But instead, this is a quarterback award, and we just, that's what we treat it as because this was a true MVP award. We'd be looking at guys like Miles Garrett and be like, dude, Miles Garrett, that guy's been incredible. That guy should be considered for MVP. TJ Watt should be considered for MVP. Fred Warner should be considered for MVP. And instead, it's just a quarterback award. And I think the way this is going to go is that the quarterback who ha whose team is playing the best 
when the season ends, it's going to win and repeat. Now, this is my prediction. If Jalen Hurts beats the Niners on Sunday, Jalen Hurts will win the MVP this season because the narrative is going to be he beat Mahomes, he beat Josh Allen, and he beat this daunting 49er team. He beat those three teams, therefore he should win. And if he beats the Cowboys, that's just the cherry on top. But if he be, if 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 he wins it, if he if he beats the if he beats the the Niners, um, he's winning the MVP. Mark it, book it. Um, and if he doesn't, then you know Mahomes will probably get it. Um, I wonder if there's a world. Uh, what would Purdy have to do to 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 win that award? Because it's just, I mean, you know, I love Brock Purdy. I'm a 49er fan. I love it. But if there's going to be an MVP for the 49ers. It's not McCaffrey. It's uh, <laughs> it's, it's funny to say, it's not it's not Christian McCaffrey. You know who the who you know who the MVP for the 49ers is? It's Trent Williams. That's who the 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 Forty Nine er MVP is, because the Forty Nine ers with and without Trent Williams are a very different team. Trent Williams is the most important person on the Forty Nine ers. Trust me, I'm a 49er fan. I should know. Um, but Trent Williams is never going to win MVP. But if we're having a true MVP conversation, Trent Williams should be in that conversation. But, yeah, that's where we're at. Um, that's that's football. Let's talk in football. Let's go to the NBA. Now, the NBA, um, we have... The NBA is like a, <laughs> like a novella. That's what this is. So... Uh, there's Josh Giddy stuff, the crazy story, uh, you know, allegedly slept with a underage girl. Um, came out today that the that the girl and the parents are not willing to participate. That's just barely getting started, so we'll see. We'll see how that one turns out. Now, let's stay in Oklahoma City. This is what you need to know. Chet Holmgren, the guy that they drafted last year, Chet Holmgren, he's really good. Really, really good. He's been... The best rookie this season. The best. And I know you're thinking, oh, best rookie. What about Wemby? What about Wemby? Chet has been better. OKC has a bunch of draft picks, and OKC should make move. They should make a move. Because they have a really good team, and they could compete in the West. So we'll see what they do. But Chet Holmgren, dude, is the real deal. That's what he is. Luka Doncic, Luka Doncic is, that guy's the man in the in the Mavericks. A lot of people before the season started were saying that the Mavericks were not going to be good because the Mavericks, um, the roster's this and the roster sucks and it's just Luka and, you know, Kyrie's a crazy guy and, you know, who's, you know he's going to just not be good. And, you know, yesterday, you know, Mark Cuban sells majority stake of the ownership and you're just kind of like man like what's going on you know Jason Kidd people don't like Jason Kidd but Luka Doncic man and, and then that team that team is good Grant Williams really good addition Derek Lively the rookie has been it's, it's like perfect for that team Seth Curry I wanted Seth Curry on the Lakers why that guy's a good shooter man that guy's a smart Derek Jones has been good for them Tim Hardaway like this is just a good team, and and 
They're 11 and 6 right now. I know it's early. I get it. But we got to give the Mavericks their respect, man. We we got we got to understand that this is a good basketball team. And that's when you know, thing number 2 to know and and to just have in the back of your head. 3. The Warriors dynasty is done. Now, can it be revived? Of course it can. You have Steph Curry. Steph Curry is an incredible player. Now, the Warriors have a problem that a lot of teams that... The Warriors have the problem that teams that win a lot eventually have. And that's the problem that you win so much and you you have guys that are super talented and you get guys on your team that are that become legends for you even though they're no longer producing legendary numbers well they're still your legends and it becomes a a question of whether you want those guys to play elsewhere or not now typically you kind of wait it out you know the problem is the Warriors have Steph Curry. And the Warriors owe it to Steph Curry. More so than they owe it to Clay Thompson, more so than they owe it to Draymond Green to keep this window open. Now, what killed the Warriors dynasty is that they whiffed on two high draft picks back to back. Jonathan Kaminga and uh and James Wiseman. And because they whiffed on those two picks, they are in a position now where they kind of have to make trades to, to get better. The problem with that is this. Andrew Wiggins is not the same guy in the finals. He he, it's, he won the title and kind of just fell off. It's, it's weird to say that he's washed because he's 28 years old. But he kind of looks washed. Um, he had the weird situation last year where he missed a bunch of time and he was away from the team. It was a personal issue. And to the Warriors' credit, they 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 backed him up. None of it, you know, there was rumors, speculation on Twitter of or X uh, of what went on, the whole thing. Um, but he hasn't been he hasn't been good. Draymond Green is uh, is a mad, he, that guy's crazy man. That guy is probably the most selfish player in basketball right now because his emotions cost his team way more than they help him more than they help them now you could live with this before you know when the t- team is better and and clay thompson is still clay thompson and um and you can live with that because you have enough talent around you to do that draymond green cannot act like he's above the law and get crazy. I'm surprised he didn't get thrown out yesterday. Um, he can't do that. I was of the the mindset that they should have traded him to keep Kevin Durant. When that old Kevin, him and Kevin Durant got into it, uh, when they played the Clippers that one night a few years ago, I thought, man, I would trade Draymond Green right now and kind of smooth everything over with KD and be like, dude, stay. You and Steph Curry, man, stay. 
Now, Clay Thompson is no longer the guy. Um, I get my guy, uh, Cotto, that, you know, reminds me every day that I had Ginobili over Clay Thompson. And Clay Thompson is washed, man. It's over. It's done. You know, he had a great, good, great career. Um, he's one of the, you know, best shooting guards of all time. He's going to be always remembered for his role in, on those teams with the Warriors. But it's done. It's done. Chris Paul is good on the on, on the bench, you know. He he's I think he's provided them with good uh, leadership. Where now there isn't like a, a crazy drop off when Steph is out of the game. There's still a drop off, but it's not crazy anymore. Um, but the Warriors owe it to Steph Curry to to make a move. Now the problem is, what's the move? You know, because it, I think they need a center. I think that's what they need. Um. But who? Who 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 are they trading for? You know, who's who's the center that's gonna go in there and and help them kind of get to where they need to go? You know, because they're they're stuck. They're stuck, man. And it's just it's it's crazy to see just the immense situation that they're in because it's in and it's immense because you have one of the greatest players of all time on your roster, and he's dying away in Golden State right now, which is so weird to say, and I get it. He's won five titles, and most people are not going to feel bad for the Warriors. They're not going to feel bad for Steph Curry. But, you know, they're probably going to be a playing team again. They're going to be a playing team. Um, they weren't a playing team last uh, last year, but they were, you know, a few years ago. Um but that's where we're at. What are they going to do? If you're going to be loyal to the dudes that build the team, uh, you're doing that to the detriment of Steph Curry. And if you're going through the pecking order, Steph Curry is far more important than Clay Thompson. He's far more important than Draymond Green. You got to cut the cord. You got to restart. You got to restart now. Steph Curry is still the guy that can get you there. So that's where we're at with the Golden State Warriors. Um, another thing to to consider: the Milwaukee Bucks. The Milwaukee Bucks traded. Um, they made a trade for Damian Lillard, and Milwaukee is thirteen and five. Now the problem with Milwaukee is this, and this is this is what's happened. This is the same with the Celtics, with the Sixers, with the Heat, with the Lakers. Um. It should be a thing with the Warriors, but the Warriors, you know, are the Warriors. Um, it's the same thing with the Suns and the Nuggets. These teams will not be judged on what they do in the regular season. They will be judged strictly on what they do in the playoffs. Now, this is why. If you just look at the stats, if you open up Google and you put uh, Milwaukee Bucks, you'd be 13-5. Like, dude. 13 or 5. What's the problem? This is the problem. You got to watch them. You got to watch basketball. One. Two. Giannis is incredible. That guy is amazing. But we, you knew that. I knew that. Everybody knows that. Um, the problem is when you get to the playoffs and you see a team over a seven-game series, they attack your weakest link. There was a time where Milwaukee's weakest link... Um, 
was really on offense because they, they just didn't have a dude that can like get them a shot and their offense would get kind of very clunk, clunky. But defensively, they were just whew, solid, more than solid. They were great. They got rid of Drew Holiday because they had to to get um, Dame. Now, they I don't think they were counting on Drew Holiday to end up on the Celtics, but that's what happened. Now, Milwaukee has, their offense is bad, really bad. And when you get into the regular, into the postseason, yeah, you're going to have Dame who's going to hit crazy, ridiculous shots. And yes, that's going to happen. Of course, it's going to happen. But you're going to get these guys that are going to attack Damian Leonard over and over and over again and make him a defender. And that's what's going to be the problem for them. 13 and 5, they're going to end up with a top two record in not only in the East, and they might end up with a top five record in all of the NBA. But that's not what we're looking at. That's not what we're judging them on. The playoffs, look out for that defense. The Celtics, now the Celtics, the Celtics don't really have a problem. They are probably the best team in all of, eh, no, 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 second best team. They're the second best team in all of basketball, for sure. Best team in the Eastern Conference. Jason Tatum has gone up a level. Now, I don't want to say they have a problem because I don't think they really have a problem because when you're 14 and 4, you're playing the way you're playing, you kind of just have to nitpick. You know, Jalen Brown got a big old contract. Now, do I like the contract he got? Of course not. But do you have to give him the contract? Of course you do. Jalen Brown, you have to get, get give him the money. Now, the problem is Jalen Brown gets paid top guy money when he's not the top guy. Now, on the Celtics, it's probably best that he would probably be the fourth guy. Now, that's hard because how are you going to play Jalen Brown, all the money you're paying him, and tell him to be the fourth guy? You, you really can't. Because Tatum's the number one guy. And if everything's balanced, Porzingis is your number two guy. And then it's Derek White, and then it's Jalen Brown. But you can't pay somebody all that money and tell him to be the number four option. But for the Celtics to win the title, Jalen Brown's going to have to understand, I have to be the fourth offensive option here. If he does that, if he locks into that, and he's okay with that, the Celtics, the Celtics are probably going to win the title. Yeah, they'll probably win the title. They'll for sure make it to the finals if he thinks that way. And they probably win the title because that's just top to bottom. I think this is the best roster. I think they're a better roster than even um, Denver. I really do. The problem is Denver doesn't have a pecking order problem. Now, Celtics don't do either yet, but in the playoffs, this will real this will show itself. Um, I still don't like their coach, Joe Mazzulla. I know he's like seventy two and nineteen or something like that. Seventy two and twenty nine is career. One of the best starts as a coach. I get it. Um, he just does a lot of things that just gets you like, hmm, what, like what was that? Like what is he doing? The Celtics are good. Um, the Magic have been a good surprise. I'll give you guys a surprise. The Magic have been a really good surprise. Um, Paulo, Paulo has been really good. Paulo Bancaro has been good. Franz Wagner, I like that guy. Um, now, the guy that's been, like, I think, the guy who's, I think, on everyone's radar now is Jalen Suggs. He's finally growing into his own. That guy's super competitive. I love that guy, man. I just, that guy, that guy's, that, that guy's really good. Um, 
The Sixers. The Sixers trade away James Harden, and he's the Clippers' problem now. And the Clippers are just, uh, you know, they're probably going to blame this all on either Ty Lue or Westbrook and get rid of one of them, and, and we'll see what, what happens there. But the Sixers are playing really good. They beat the Lakers you know, by 44 points the other night. Uh, Maxi has been unlocked. Um, Nurse, Nick Nurse, a really good coach, really good coach. Um, he's unlocked, uh, you know, and, and made that team even scarier. Uh, Joe Embiid, you know, he's Joe Embiid, and he looks locked in to this season. So um, that's been a surprise because I think, you know, you kind of were like, man, what's going to happen with this James Harden thing? What's going to happen when they trade him? Is the, you know, are the, is the team still going to be engaged? Yeah, the team is fine. They're fine. Um, the Pacers. Um, the Pacers have Tyrese Halliburton. And this guy, I mean, if you don't watch a lot of basketball, the best, you know, the best player in Indiana Pacer history is Reggie Reggie Miller. Um, I think Tyrese Halliburton is going to be the best Indiana Pacer of all time by the time all this is said and done. By the time all this is said and done, he will be the best Indiana Pacer. And he is just incredible to watch. He's incredible to, like, just the way the team orchestrates around him and the way the team plays off of him. He is the center, and he's so smart, and he makes all the right decisions. Um, To think that Phoenix could have had him, the Warriors could have had him. Imagine they would have drafted him instead. Ah, But the Pacers... They're going to be in the in the play-in tournament versus uh, in the quarterfinals versus the Celtics. That's going to be fun, you know. Uh, people are going to get to see Tyrese Halliburton. If you haven't seen him, make sure you watch that game because that's going to be a really good game that uh, that we get next Monday. Next Monday, Pacers Celtics in the in-season tournament. That's going to be a good one. Another team that's been maybe not surprising. Or maybe they have the the Knicks. The Knicks are playing good ball. They play in the in season tournament against the Bucks. Um, so that one should be good. Um, another um, surprising story, and I think the most surprising story of them all has been the Timberwolves. Now the Timberwolves have um, what probably is going to be the best player in all of basketball in like. Three years. Anthony Edwards. Anthony Edwards is incredible. Anthony Edwards is um, that guy. <laughs> that guy's next. He's so good. Uh, he's so competitive. He just has a drive, man, and it just it's just watching that guy is so much fun. Now, they're, I think they're gonna have to trade Carl Anthony Towns. Not because they have to. I you know they they've made it work. I just think he's an asset that can get you draft picks and get you in the position where you're able to, you know, bid for another guy um, that can help you. But defensively, they're they're really good. You know, defensively they have um, just everything in place. Um, I just really like their team, man. You know, because that team just plays really hard. J.D. McDaniel's is probably the best defensive player in the in, in the league. Um, Rudy Gobert looks like um, Utah Rudy Gobert. And the good thing for Rudy is that he has a, a really good running mate. Um, in Utah, his running mate was um, 
Mitchell. Now, Mitchell is not a bad player. Mitchell is a good player, you know? Donovan Mitchell's a good player. We all like Donovan Mitchell. But he's not. He's not Ant. He's not Anthony Edwards. Anthony Edwards is a different level. So those guys, number one in in basketball, they're 13 and 4. Um, if you haven't seen them play, check them out, man. They, they, they're really good. And the Nuggets, they're not surprised, but you know, we should talk about the defending champs. Um they haven't had they haven't had um Jamal Murray. He he was he's been out with a a growing injury. Uh Nikola Jokic uh he's missed a few games, but he's I think he's I think just night to night the best player. Um and he's so consistent, you know, like he that there is no off nights with him. He just does his thing over and over again. Um and I just love that dude. You know, I love that guy. Um and that whole roster is just constructed perfectly around him. Um that whole team has his identity and they play so unselfish and it's almost like the prerequisite. You're gonna go there and you're gonna you're you're gonna play their style. That's what you're gonna do. You're not gonna play your style, you're not gonna play your game, you're gonna play their game. You know, and it's so easy to fall in line. Uh, KCP has been perfect for them, um, and it seems like the only guy who who just um, just cannot play with uh, that cannot play with him is uh, uh, Bones Island. You know, Bones Island cannot play with him apparently, uh, but everybody else just has a great time, uh, which leads me to the Clippers. The Clippers. Have made you know they were hell bent on making the Clipper the the James Harden trade. Now people have said because of the new stadium that they're gonna open up, they they wanted to have at least three stars. Look, I live in LA. I'm a Laker fan. I live in Los Angeles, and this is a thing. Nobody cares about the Clippers. Nobody cares. About the Clippers. The Clippers are as popular here in Los Angeles as the Chargers and the Rams. And the Rams and Chargers are not that popular here in LA. That's why when you see a Rams game or a Chargers game, and you know, the, the Chargers get a lot of grief for not having fans. The Rams are equally <laughs> equally bad. When they play like the Niners or the Cowboys or a team like that, it's like it's you know, the the, the Rams moniker is whose house? Well, it's not your house, you know. The fact that that you have to say that to kind of remind everybody, hey, wait, this is uh, this is our stadium. It's not a good look. And the Clippers are that. The Clippers could have five stars. Nobody would care, because that's what happens when the Clippers were at their best, and they had Lob City, and the Lakers were just in the dumps with all their young guys, and the Lakers were winning like 10, 15, 20 games a year. You know who was a better team? You know who was a more popular team? Not a better team. A more popular team? The Lakers were. I had a friend. I had a friend who he had season tickets. He has season tickets to the Lakers. He used to have season tickets to the Clippers. And, you know, this is Lob City Clippers. And he's like, oh, man, I'm going to get them. You know, and he, you know, he would sell them profit. Um, and the clip, the Lakers there at the time sucked, and he was still selling them out, man. He was selling them out. He was selling, and the Clippers he couldn't give them away. I went to a lot of Clipper games during that time because I love basketball. 
So I was able to watch a bunch of players I would have never been able to watch because of those Clipper tickets that he couldn't sell. And he would give them to me, so I would go. So the Clippers, nobody cares. So the fact that they mortgaged even more assets to get James Harden because they have a stadium that's being built makes absolutely no sense. The Clippers should have been the team that went to Seattle. The Clippers would have been the biggest thing in Seattle had they left. Instead, they're always going to be irrelevant here in L.A. Always. The Lakers will forever rule Los Angeles. Forever. So, that's where we're at. That's where we're at with the Clippers. Um, And it just hasn't worked. James Harden is not the guy that uh, you put with other superstars. He's never been that guy. I think he was that guy before he got his own team. I think after James Harden got his own thing in Houston... The days of him being able to play with other good players was over. So I think that's why it was a bad move for the for the uh, Clippers because James Harden can't play with with other dudes. He just can't. That's why when they brought in Dwight Howard, it didn't work out with Dwight Howard. They traded him away. They got him Chris Paul. They didn't work out with Chris Paul. They got rid of him. He tried it with Russell Westbrook. Didn't work out with Russell Westbrook. Because James Harden needs to be the center. And James Harden, on the team with Kawhi Leonard and Paul George, can't be the center. He can't. He has to be playmaking James Harden. And and I think if James Harden was able to move without the ball, was willing, because he's able to, if he was willing to move without the ball, I think this this thing could work. But he just refuses to do so. So, the Clippers, as we currently see it, as we currently have it, are the 11th team in the West. Um, That's where it's at. Let me end this with the Lakers. No, actually, let me do the Suns, and then we'll do the Lakers. The The Phoenix Suns have been... So, we started the season, and this is where we started the season. Um, And they, they started the season off in... Um, versus uh, Golden State and the Suns won the first game but you were just kind of like dude KD looks old is this it for KD no it wasn't (laughs) he looks really good now Uh, just early game rest I don't know Uh, but the Phoenix Suns are you know then you know, Booker was out for a while. Um, Brad Beal was out for a while. Uh, but it's a good team, man. It's a good team because they have three really, really good players. Now, if you want to nitpick the Suns, go for it. The problem is um, they're going to be in every postseason series because they have, they're going to have, you know, two the top players in, in, in the series. Booker has taken a, a leap. He's the best player on that Suns team. He's really good, man, and he's super efficient. Um, and when I think of Phoenix, one of the things that, you, you know, was always the question was, who's there, you know, who can be the backup point card? Now, if you, you know, 
I like I like uh, the way they they play because you can stagger their minutes enough where you where you can always have a ball handler. Devin Booker is their point guard now, and I just like the way this team is is constructed, and and they're they're going to be a buyout option for somebody, and if there's a point guard that becomes available. You know the Suns might have a really good shot of getting them. Um, but Phoenix, shout out to Phoenix, man! Shout out to Devin Booker; he's playing really good. Um, and Kevin Durant looks looks uh, that guy's ageless. And if he's able to have a running mate like Devin Booker, he's gonna be able to stay there healthy and productive for a really long time. Phoenix has won seven straight, and. The MVP is probably going to be Jokic again, rightfully so. Ant's going to be in that conversation. But Devin Booker, watch out for Devin Booker because he should be in that conversation. Let's talk Lakers. Lakers. Um, Anthony Davis. I like Anthony Davis. I do. Uh, the problem with Anthony Davis is us. and he's We are the problem because we want, we judge Anthony Davis Based on what LeBron tells us, based on what Darwin Ham has told us. And Darwin Ham and LeBron James say that Anthony Davis is a top five player, top ten player. He's not. He can be from you know different nights, but he's not consistently, and that's what makes the top ten guys the top ten guys. But Anthony Davis is really good. He's just not really good all the time. When Anthony Davis has his best games, Anthony Davis is really, really good. And we kind of have to just accept that Anthony Davis is a better version of Lamar Odom. Lamar Odom was really good. If you saw Lamar Odom on the perfect night, on the right night, Lamar Odom looked like the second best player on the Lakers next after Kobe Bryant. Because he could do everything. He was so long. He could defend everybody. He could shoot. He could dribble. He could pass. He could dunk. He could do everything on the court. The problem with Lamar Odom was that he didn't do it every night. That when you saw him on a good night, you're like, dude, this guy, who is this guy? And then you'd see him the next night, you'd be like, dude, what the hell? Who is this guy? <laughs> and that's the problem with Lamar Odom. That's the problem with Anthony Davis. You see Anthony Davis on the good night, and you're like, dude. Anthony Davis, this guy is incredible. Who is this guy? And then you see him on a bad night, you think, who is this guy? I thought this guy was good. Are we sure he's good? And yes, yes, he's a good player. We just have to stop saying or thinking he's an all-time generational best player on your team player. He's not that. He's never been that. He'll never be that. And that's what needs to happen. Now, the Lakers are going to be okay because the Lakers are 10 and 8. They're seventh seed. And the Lakers have not had a full roster yet. And that's what we need to remember. The Lakers are not healthy right now. They have yet to have Vanderbilt play for them. Uh, Gabe Vincent went out shortly after the season started. Uh, Rui is out for a few weeks. So the Lakers are going to be fine. They're probably going to make a trade. Hopefully it's not for 
Um, for Levine, because I don't want that guy in the Lakers. Hopefully, if the Lakers do make a trade, um, well, they, could, they, they will make a trade. I want Alex Caruso back. Can we get Alex Caruso back? Maybe we can package and get DeMar DeRozan and Alex Caruso. That'd be good. I, I'd sign up for that. Um, but they're going to make a trade. The Lakers are going to be fine. The Lakers are going to be competing in the West to make it to the finals. That's what's going to happen. And they're going to be okay. So we just got to relax. Now they got to beat the, the, the Pistons. If we don't beat the Pistons today, I'm going to be pissed. So Pistons have, have not won in, in the month of November. The Pistons are 2-15. The Pistons suck. They do. They've lost 14 straight games. 14 straight! The Lakers have to beat this team. They have to. They have to. Um, I wonder what it would take, now that we're on the, on the Pistons, this is connected to the Lakers, trust me. I wonder what it would take for the Pistons to trade away um, for the Pistons to trade away Kate Cunningham because Kate, I like Kate Cunningham but he's rotting in Detroit and I wonder what it would take to get Kate Cunningham I wonder if the Lakers could trade away their picks for Kate Cunningham I would do it the picks for Kate Get him under LeBron. You're winning culture. I do it. I do it right now for Kate Cunningham, and uh, that's probably not gonna happen. <laughs> That'd be great. Uh, let's do in-season tournament and uh, win the pot. In-season tournament. This is where we're at. The in-season tournament, I think, has been um, a success. I think it's been a success because the NBA kind of pushed it down our throats and they kind of forced us to to know about it. And that's how these things work. It kind of works out that the players are into it. Um, now, I'll be honest, as a Laker fan, I kind of don't want the Lakers to make it all the way because that's just extra miles, extra minutes on on our old players and on LeBron we don't need that but if they win it that'd be kind of cool but also you know we think in the title you're like man is it worth it is the extra miles worth it this is where we're at there was three groups per conference so six groups total three groups each um and you had Four teams from those three groups, so the top four teams made it out. Um, so you had the Lakers who advanced, the Pelicans, the Kings, and the Suns. And uh, the point differential was the difference. So that's why the Suns made it 3-1. And the T-Wolves had zero point differential, so that's why they didn't make it. In the East, you had the Pacers, the Bucks. The Celtics. And you had the Knicks who made it over over the Magic. Even though I wanted the Magic to win it. That's why I, I wanted the Magic. And 
the two will succumb out. But the Knicks had a 42-point differential because that was... This is like very much like soccer. <laughs> and the Magic had 22. So we have... This is what we have. Knockout stage. Quarterfinals, December 4th and December 5th. We got the Pacers versus the, at Celtics. And we got Kings at Pelicans. December 5th, we got Bucks at Knicks. Lakers at Suns. That's for the quarterfinals. That should be really good. Um, and then the semis, December 7th. And the final, December 9th. So all this has been really good. Good job in the NBA. This is, uh, you know, people are caring about the NBA a lot earlier. Typically, Christmas is when we care. But even, you know, last you know last few seasons, the NFL decided to take Christmas away from the NBA. So, you know, really the NBA hasn't really started until... After the after Super Bowl Sunday. But we care. I watch. Here on this podcast, we care about the NBA. Um, but that's where we're at. That's where we're at the in-season tournament. Um, that's where we're at with sports. Um, where we are all on Otani watch in terms of MLB. Uh, what's going to happen there? Are the Dodgers going to get them? Are the Dodgers going to trade for Mike Trout too? Um, and at that point, what, what do you do with the Angels? Um, well, that will, will, I need to get Harry. I need to get Harry to, to you know, take a rest from his, from his children to, to record a, a pod with me. Um, and we have the boxing thing, uh, the Canelo Benavides thing. Uh, it's probably going to get announced. Guessing in January or so, these things Canelo tends to tends to make sure everything makes sense. Um, and he's not fighting till May, so it's not like he's in a hurry to announce it because this fight is already pretty much sold. <laughs> he just has to. Once this fight is announced, it's like it's. I mean, I don't even know if they're gonna have to do a, a you know a promotional tour. They are. They're going to. But this fight, you know, everybody's clamoring and wanting it so that's probably what's gonna happen um and so yeah that's what's going on in that end um we have uh a lot of you know the the regular soccer stuff that you know the the league matches and um i'll give you kind of where we're at with with the leagues uh because it's it's important to to uh, to the well to me as I watch La Liga, um, so I'm kind of just doing a little uh, thing. Real Madrid is one in La Liga. They're first place. You know that's two. Uh, well, they're one two actually. They're tied thirty five. Uh, the goal differential is why uh, Real Madrid is one. Barcelona, Atletico are tied for third with thirty one points. Um, but Atletico is third because of co-difference. Athletic Club is five. Real Sociedad is sixth. The disappointment has been Sevilla. Sevilla is 15th. So that's that's where we're at in La Liga. Um, in the English Premier, um, and I'm telling you this because this is what we're going to talk about when we talk about soccer uh, next in the next part. Arsenal's one. They have 30 points. Manchester City is two. Liverpool making their comeback from last season. They're three. Aston Villa has 
is fourth. And that there, the difference is uh, goal difference uh, because Liverpool and Ashton Villa have um, 28 points. But uh, Liverpool has 17 goals and Ashton Villa 13. Tottenham is uh, fifth with 26. And Manchester United. Look, I talk a lot of crap. If you follow me on Instagram, on Twitter, I mean, I, I complain a lot about this team a lot. I complain so much about Manchester United. I want Ten Hag out. Onana is, I just cannot believe this is my goalkeeper. But we're sixth place. We're right there. we got to get a fourth. Uh, we're probably going to be eliminated in the Champions League in two weeks. But uh, we can get back in there. Uh, so we're right there, man. Manchester United. Every, everything, we're still right there. Um, and so that's where we're at. That's where we're at. Uh, the disappointment for this league for the English Premier is probably, honestly, it's probably Chelsea, but even Chelsea, um, they're kind of rebuilding. We kind of just knew that this was going to be a slow year. Uh, give, you know, Pochettino some time and he's going to turn that around. Um, and that's, that's where we're at. That's where we're at with, with sports. Um, I'll have another pod on Sunday to talk about all the action that happened um, with with uh, with the NFL do a big thing on Niners Eagles and what happened in that game um, that's what we're having sports if you didn't know what's going on in the NBA now you do you're ready for the NFL and uh, you had no idea what was going on with the Champions League well guess what now you do so you're welcome you're welcome I did that for you um, so that's where we're at Thank you for listening. This is German Arizona Podcast. Until next time. All right, that was the pod. Um, thank you to me. <laughs> thank you to Angel for the song. Uh, I'll have another one this week. Um, non-sports one. I'll have a non-sports one this week. And uh, so keep keep uh, an eye out for that It'll probably be Friday or yeah Friday and then I'll have uh, uh, Eagles Niners full recap on Sunday and all other NFL stuff uh, so we'll do that Sunday so two more pots for me this week please subscribe and uh, five stars five stars really appreciate it thank you for listening <laughs>